Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. John Millman, who joined us earlier in the week, uh, has gone to Channel 9, doing a bit of work for 9. Oh, and he slips into the commentary dugout. <laughs> he's kindly agreed to join us this morning. Good morning, John. Good morning. Thanks for having me once again. Oh, what a lot. I have got a doubles match on before before that. So, yeah, still still got some doubles to play, Paddy. Well, so if you win that one, Channel 9 go on hold again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tennis comes first, mate. The tennis comes first. <laughs> All right, now, now I want brutal honesty here. How long Tell did me. you? How long did you stay up last night? Not long at all. I was actually watching Alex Dimonar's match, so yeah. I missed the I missed the thriller uh, between Andy Murray and the Nasi Kokonakis, but I have caught up on it uh, this morning. All the all the action. Watched a few of the highlights. Andy Murray. Commiserations to Thanasi, but Andy Murray, what a what a champion. I don't know if you've seen it, but he did a documentary resurfacing, which showed his recovery from his hip surgery. And I don't even know how he's back on court, let alone playing for nearly six hours yeah. and getting through the third round of an Australian Open. It's incredible. Yeah, and the second round was nearly five hours. In the that, first round, yeah, yeah, that that is that is incredible, mate. Um, how have you pulled up? You, you've had you've had your massive uh, intensity this week too. Yeah, look, I'm feeling pretty good. The body's not too bad. It's always a bit more emotionally draining, especially at your home Grand Slam, and and that's what a lot of the players uh, will find. It's not just a physical battle, but it's it's the emotions of it all. And um, my body's not too bad emotionally. I'm holding up all in good shape. The tough thing is for, for Andy Murray is he's got Roberto Bautista a good now, and that's Spanish. He's a grinder. He makes yeah. him work so hard, so <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, and he just can't keep dropping the first two sets, can he? No, I'm sure he's aware of that too. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll want to get off to a slightly better start, um, and I'm sure he'd appreciate a slightly quicker match. It'll be interesting to see what he does today. I'll, I'll keep an eye out to see if he jumps on court and if he if he has a bit of a hit out he did after he played Matteo Berrettini I saw him out on the indoor courts with another Brit uh, Dan Evans I'm unsure if he'll get out there today or if he'll take the day off well I mean if he's done a little bit of media and I, I mean I guess maybe drug testing or something I mean does that happen after big matches all the time for you guys I mean the, the drug testing is random but yeah. I think that the testers would have gone home if I'm to be completely <laughs> honest. I remember, I remember after I played uh, Roger Federer, we finished at oh, two, one or two in the morning yeah. um, at, at the U.S. Open, yeah. and obviously it was the biggest win of my career. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the in the change room, and the only other person in the change room was Roger, and he had to hang around because he need, he had the drug testers, and and he would have wanted to just get out of there. And, yeah, it's an awkward kind of situation. But I don't think Andy would have been tested last night. Um, 
Although after that performance, maybe they should have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and test that hip of his. It's bionic, I reckon. <laughs> you had a you had a first set cracker, like a fantastic first set in your last yep. match, mate. But what were your thoughts on your game during that uh, set? And then your thoughts on yeah, his look, game. Do you do you think about your opponent a bit as that set wears down? Yeah, of course you do. I, I, I said to my box at three all, I thought it, was, it had just gone on 35 minutes. And I said, that's the longest half hour of my life because <laughs> Daniel Medvedev makes you work for every single point. And what you'll find is with, these, with the climate starting to cool down, we had a lot of rain um, that day and the, and the climate's definitely uh, cooled down here at, at the Australian Open. There's not a lot of life in the court. There's not a lot of bounce. And against Daniel, you kind of need to get the ball out of his strike zone. Otherwise, he's a brick wall. So it was it was challenging. It was a, a brutal physical match. I don't think I played too bad, but yeah. he's one of the top chances for this tournament for a reason. Having said that, he has got Sebastian Corder now. Now, Sebastian Corder, the son of uh, former Grand Slam winner Peter, and he's got, some, he's got two sisters that yep. are pretty handy on the oh. golf course too. That, ten, that 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 family is talent personified. It's going to be a really interesting match, the the Medvedev quarter one. But if he can get through that, it wouldn't surprise me if Daniel makes a really deep run at the Australian Open. Mm, okay. Hey, now the other good news for Australia, mate, uh, Alexi Popran. I mean, that was that was in everyone's viewing slot yesterday afternoon. It was just riveting yep. to watch. Upsets the uh, the eighth seed, Taylor Fritz. So it hasn't been a good time for the seeds. Yeah, but no. he's a good yarn. I mean, he only won five matches or something last year. Yeah, he had a tough year. He did win a, a good challenger event in Bordeaux in the lead-up to the French Open, which kind of helped him keep his ranking somewhere thereabouts around that top 100. Mm. But two reasons yesterday for, for that win, why it was so significant. Number one is Taylor Fritz is one of the, the top American players and... He's one of those guys that I don't think is too far off, maybe going deep and winning one of these Grand Slams. Okay. He's got an incredible amount of firepower. So to get that type of win against that caliber of opponent is going to give Alexi Popperin the world of confidence. And the second thing I will say, and I think it probably, it, well, definitely helped him, is this Australian crowd. And this is what it goes to show that when you're playing at a, at a home slam, a home tournament, it's like the home and away advantage in footy. It makes such a big difference, and you saw the energy that that crowd gave him uh, in that in that final set where Alexi Popperin ran over the top of Taylor Fritz and was just too good. Mm. Yeah, every point and every uh, winning yep. point was like a, a tournament point. You know, <laughs> they were they yep. were right behind, him. and he's learning how to how to stir that up and how to enjoy that. That's for sure. But um, I, I saw Tanasi Kokonakis and his team come in. The enter the stadium, enter you know the tunnels underneath with his team, and mm. and and it became obvious to me exactly what you talked about. You know, Tony Roach was there, and others were there shaking hands and having a quick chat, and then he'd move on and he'd meet someone else in that tunnel. Whereas mm. if that was in America, he'd just go straight to his locker room. I'd reckon. Yeah, it's so much more emotionally draining. I, I can't stress that enough. So you get the energy from the crowd, but on the flip side, you. Yeah, you're having to mingle. You're having to talk to a lot more people that you know. You've got probably your friends and family who also uh, take a bit of your time. So, And there's more pressures. There's definitely yeah. more pressure playing at home. You want to put up to, uh, you know, your best performance possible. You don't want to, to go out with your tail between your legs. It's, uh, you, know, you, you show a bit of pride uh, in front of your home crowd. So, look, it is more emotionally draining. He'll be absolutely shattered today, but 
I think he can take a lot of positives from this Australian summer. He had a lot of points to defend. He didn't quite defend them, but he'll be really happy with where his body's at and where his game's at moving forward. Yeah. Hey, just very quickly, what's your take on Rafa, mate? It looks like he's done. He's had the scans. The doctors have had a look at him. And we're talking a couple of months probably before we see him back. Uh, where's he at, do you think, in your mind? I saw an interesting stat, too. If he misses the, the, those eight weeks that his team kind of... Uh, implied he he might drop out of the top 10 for the first time I think in 19 years which is Jeez. just uh, I mean <laughs> I think that's phenomenal it shows you how much of a champion he is I don't know where he's at I reckon he's got one big deep French Open run you know he dominated that he's probably the best clay quarter in the history of tennis and I think if Andy Murray has shown us anything you can never write off a champion so yeah. I'm not ready to, to write him off just yet but you know if Father time catches up with everyone. He's, he's a family man now. He's, he's got his firstborn kid. Maybe his priorities are changing, but mm. never write off a champion. Yeah, no, it happens quick too at times. So what about these young seeds? Are, are there any patterns to or reasons why they're new seeds and they're losing? Are they vulnerable? It's it's all a bit new for them to, to have such expectation in going into a major? I think there's probably two reasons to that. I think we're seeing a bit of a transition now where some of our former greats, like your Rafael Nadal, they're, they're coming towards the back end of their career. So this new generation's kind of coming through. But I think it's also a testament to the depth, especially in men's tennis right now. Obviously, I can comment a little bit more on men's tennis. I've been on the tour for a while there. And the depth in men's tennis is is phenomenal. I go back to thinking when I was playing challenges. So that's the tour just underneath the ATPs. And you'd kind of cruise through the first few rounds and it would start to, to get a bit interesting uh, from quarterfinals on. Now there's no easy matches, even on that tour. Yeah. I think the depth is just so strong that there's no easy outs. And so if, you're, if one of these seeds are just a little bit off their game, anyone can really win. And I think we're seeing that. I think it's actually an exciting time. I know some of the people will, will want, you know, you know that Djokovic's and, and Rafael Nadal's and, and Roger Federer to have played forever, but I think it's a really exciting time to, to see these upsets and to, to see some names that that maybe aren't household names come through. Mm. Yeah, well said. It, uh, we're going to be looking very, very hard. Uh, all power to the demon as well, mate. We, you know, he probably holds our best chances of going even deeper, doesn't he? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I'd love to see a, a bit of a deep run for, for, for Alex Demoner. You know, he flown the flag for a while um, for Australian tennis. He kind of flies under the radar because he's quite an unassuming character, but he's got so much integrity. He's a great kid, and and I thought he was super impressive against a really tricky Frenchman last night, Adrian Manorino, and his ball is something else. He strings his, his rackets, probably the loosest on tour. It's like yeah. a trampoline. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's at about 20 pounds. Now, to put that in comparison, I'm at 68 pounds. Um <laughs> So I play with a bit of a board. I'm probably one of the tightest um, stringers on, on tour, and he's probably one of the loosest. So it's a bit of a trampoline. He's so deceptive. He, you know, he'll swing so easy, but the ball is coming through a lot quicker than it looks. Um, so that was a really tricky matchup for Alex, and he'll be really happy to be progressing. And, and hopefully he's mounting a deep run. He's got a great team around him, and, um, and he's a fighter. And, uh, you know, that speaks volumes for me. Good stuff, mate. Great to chat. We've got to get to the news. But, uh, look, I hope your commentary stint is delayed by keep winning at the doubles. Yeah, good call, mate. Good luck.
Thank you. Look forward to it. I'll venture into the net a few more times than I did my singles match. Yeah, <laughs> All right, mate. John Millman joining us there. On SCNQ, it's the man who's been front and centre for the biggest moments in Queensland sport for four decades and counting, Pat Welsh. You're listening to Patton Hills on SCNQ, 693 AM. And I hope they're listening in Gimpy Hills because yeah. two. Kit Depot. Gippy, it's officially opening tomorrow. Come down for one-day deals and fabulous prizes. So, Toolkit Depot. I think it might be a striker's sponsor. TKD. The back of their shirts. I'll look that up. One of the Big Bash franchises has got TKD on it. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit of rugby league, and there's plenty going on, as you would imagine, right at the moment. Well, there's always plenty going on in league. Uh, Jamin Jolliver's joined us here again. He was a regular on the show last year. We love having you on uh, from the Titans. Jamin, a very good morning to you. It, it is early. We've got you up at 6.45. Morning, guys. Yeah, no, that's standard time, pre-season, always in early. Yeah, and you were quite early through the season too, you blokes. So so thanks thanks a lot. Um, what have the backline impacts been Already, have you sensed anything uh, with your backs at the Titans with Kieran Foran? Yeah, no, he's been a he's been terrific for the club. Um, obviously, it's probably something we we lacked last year was that little bit of direction and, and experience in the halves. So, um, yeah, he's really just brought some really good values and intensity to the club, and and he's really directing the boys around well. Hmm. Hey, the other one, mate, really good news story yesterday that the club has uh, signed winger Tremaine Spry. He's only 23, big kid, uh, on a two-year deal. This is the young man who missed much of last season from this one-punch attack. And uh, it's been a wonderful fight back. So you guys would rally around him, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Trey, he debuted there in 2020 and anyone who... You know, supports the Titans would have seen, you know, he's he's ready for that stage. But unfortunately, um, yeah, what happened last year really set him back. But he's worked really hard this preseason to get back, and he's in good shape. So he's uh, one of the blokes that will be fighting for a spot in the back line for sure. Yeah, there's a bit of that going on down there. But how much fun is preseason, mate? How's it been? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's... It's enjoyable being around the boys, but you go to some pretty dark places at times. Uh, <laughs> this year, this year especially, um, you know, we, we weren't even close to the mark last year, so we've had to step it up in quite a few areas. Um, our running load's gone up, um, fitness, and there's been a big focus on our defence this preseason. So it's been it's been a good preseason, but there's been times there where I'm I'm questioning whether this is a career for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's the that's pre-season for you. Yeah. I mean, it, quite famously, last season, you know, they talked about the Cowboys and, and how they'd come in and, and just be told within a minute's notice, here, put on the running shoes, you're about to run up Castle Hill. Um, that's what you're saying is that, that fitness has been a key focus for the Titans early. Yeah, definitely. Fitness fitness and, and defence. Um you know, I think those two things go hand in hand, especially when you're under fatigue. The defence seems to be the first thing to drop off. So, you know, you have to you have to practice being uncomfortable a lot more, and and that's certainly what we've been doing. And there there is a bit of a point where you get through the dark bits, and you quite enjoy it. You know, you you do enjoy the pain. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, well, yep. you don't enjoy it at the time, but you enjoy it afterwards. Yeah. So. When when you go through the tough times with with your teammates, there you always come out of it closer. So uh, that's certainly been a, a key thing. We did um, a bit of an army camp there just before Christmas for three days, and 
that uh, really tested us as a group, but I think it really brought us together as well. Oh, so where, where was that? Oh, it was just, just outside of Brisbane there. Um, it was... Not Canungra. Oh, I couldn't no. tell you exactly where it was, but... <laughs> They were blindfolded. Where, wherever it was, we were, <laughs> uh, we were running through the bushes. We were carrying jerry cans. We were doing all of it up at three in the morning. So, yeah, it really tested us for sure. Yeah, that's good. Well, how, the challenge, you know, the challenge for a trainer um, is to get you big forwards, your, your running loads up without losing size. You know, how do you do that? Yeah, well, it's just about managing players. Um, you know, for us, for us sort of big fellas, oh, we get we get fed every day as well. So uh, we've got nutritionists there to, to make sure that we're eating the right foods and, and getting the right calories in to to coincide with the training load. So yeah, yeah we've got we've got all the help there, but it, it is about managing players because some guys do lose a bit of weight and and all that. But you know, sometimes you might lose a bit of weight, but you might be putting on muscle. So. You know, if you if you're down a couple of kilos, if if you're still building muscle and you're doing the right things, then you know it's it's kind of all right. So, um, but there's definitely some boys there that you know had, had to lose a little bit of weight. I was one of them. I come back from the World Cup and may have enjoyed myself a little bit too much. So, <laughs> no, yeah, you're supposed but, to enjoy a World Cup, mate. That's good. I'm glad you. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> No, and the travelling afterwards, yeah, didn't really uh, help me. But I was going to congratulate good. you on that too, the getting to the World Cup. That's fantastic. Hey, listen, uh, Hill's brought up Kieran Foran, but you, you're a rough, tough Ford. You couldn't care less. Uh, you, you're worried about the Fords. <laughs> I, I'm, mate. I'm pretty excited. I've got huge wraps on Sam Verrills. How's how's he fitting in? Yeah, he's great. He's really good. Um, that's yeah, so probably another key area that we we didn't really have last year, especially towards the back end of the year. We had a couple of make makeshift hookers there, um, but Semi's Semi's been really good so far. He's got, you know, he, he's still really young, but um, you know, coming from a, a system like the Roosters yeah. there and, and winning a premiership, he's just got some great little insights and inputs for the forwards, um, and he holds everyone accountable as well. He has a really high training standard, so. Uh, he's been really good so far. Well, like I said, we've been working on a lot of defence and the combination stuff will start coming in a bit more as the trials roll around. But um, so far, he's been really good, yeah. All right. Well, you knew you couldn't get away from an interview without being asked about it. The CBA, what's the feeling down there, mate? There seems to be a, a general unification of the playing group right the way through the NRL that this has got to be sorted out and sorted out quickly. Otherwise, the consequences could be dire. Yeah, it's you know obviously disappointing that it hasn't been sorted, and it, and it's been, you know, it's something we would have liked ironed out a long time ago. But as a as a collective playing group, we're still working hard and getting ready for the football season, and you know, we have we have faith in in the blokes in the RLPA and the delegates to to sort this out. But at, certainly as a playing group, we're all in this together, and and we know uh, what we're standing for, and. Um, yeah, like I said, it is disappointing, but we don't want to take away from the fans of the game. So the sooner we can get this all sorted out, the better we can get on to playing some footy and, um, you know, just getting on with the game and start growing the game together. And, Jamie, that, that shouldn't take too long. To, to me, the issues look quite important, but not that big. You know, things like health funds, retirement funds, hardship funds, they can be thrashed out, surely. Yeah, well... Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it, these aren't massive things, but these are things that are definitely important. So, um, it, look, there, there still is quite quite a ways to go there. There's still a bit of um, a difference there between what the NRL think we 
we deserve and what we as players think we deserve. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's not just it's not about money. It's about the injury hardship fund. It's about past players being looked after. It's about uh, sorting out the women's CBA, making sure they, mm. you know, have um, the ability to you know start signing contracts and getting ready for their season and. Um, even even things such around the contracting models and, you know, being able to sign contracts, you know, 12 months out, you know, having that security there. So there's quite a bit there. It's it's hard to brush over all of it. Um, mm. And I don't want to speak out of turn. I'm not I'm not a delegate for the RLPA. But um, like I said, we've got some great guys there going in a bat for us to make sure we get the, the best sort of, you know, result for the CBA. As always, mate, it's great to chat and, and, and listen to your honesty. And uh, we wish you the very best of luck. We'll be following you right the way through the season. Thanks, Jamin. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Jamin Jollop there from the Gold Coast Titans. We've got to get to a break. We'll be back. Broadcasting live from SCNQ headquarters in the heart of Fortitude Valley, this is Pat Welsh and Ian Healy for breakfast. Queensland made on SCNQ 693am. Well, I thought like Sir Andy Murray that Tony Gollan would be fast asleep at this hour of the day, but we've found him and we're going to have a chat to him shortly. But first up, Heels, we have... Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Paddy, I'm not a worry wart and I don't sit around worrying about stuff, but I have a, a little worry about uh, school sport. So school restarts next week, as we heard Vanessa say, but how's sport in the state system going? Two of my most... Uh, vivid cricket carnivals were state primary schools carnivals, uh, interstate and intrastate first uh, before we played the other states. Once I went to Adelaide and and once uh, the national carnival was in Brisbane. I'd just like to hear from parents and grandparents about how you think representative sport in state schools is feeling at the moment and how it might compare to what you had. And uh, are there any stories about what's good? or what's not happening anymore. The contributing factors to stress on sport in the state system is the female staffing levels now form the majority by a mile, and and they're not as interested and impacted by sport as the males of the 70s and 80s. It's a very litigious society now, and accidents can happen in sport, let alone mistakes. So those teachers are getting more scared about those mistakes and things that can happen in sport uh, for the lawyers. The third thing I've thought about is replacing sports teachers and who go away and manage and coach school teams is now very limited. Uh, they they just don't um, find the uh, temporary teachers to come in and take over from those sports teachers which have gone away. Then the skill levels. The skill levels are very poor in the younger ages due to insufficient teaching from about five-year-olds up to 10-year-olds, that's the area that, that is quite lacking because we don't have enough phys ed teachers teaching, you know, basic skills as part of the curriculum as we once did. And then the traditional Australian school sports, you know, don't necessarily suit our multicultures that are coming into our country. So do we have to retrain or get some different sports? So they're, they're all the contributing factors to sport being a very difficult thing to create, and we need it. You only have to see the, the effect it has of a, a Tanasi Kokonakis victory or a Demon and Alex Alexi Popperin's uh, a victory to, to know what effect it has on the esteem of our nation. Yeah, that cannot be clearer, and we need to do much work in here. Um, I really like and value the, the sporting skills of running, 
throwing, kicking, catching, because it stands you in good stead to participate for many, many years ahead. Um, so I hope we don't leave this up to the sports who are now getting into the schools and trying to create their own um, legacies, AFL, cricket. They all get into the schools and, and do a lot more work than the schools uh, do at the moment. So let's inject many, many more sports teachers to get those basic skills back into our youngsters. That might be the, the starting point for the schools. Then the sports might take over uh, because I, I think they're as valuable as maths and science at those ages. So how good or bad is it out there and what we might be able to do and are your kids learning such skills? 0467 736 736 or 13 13 55 if you want to ring up. I've got to say, I didn't think this would happen, Heels. Oh, that's brilliant. We, we've found him. We have found him. Tony Gollan, good morning. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? Oh. How are you feeling? I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit second-hand today. <laughs> yes, well, you had that big ownership group. What, where did they want to take you? <laughs> oh, I was in for a bit of dinner and then just to a bar. We had, I don't know, 100 drinks, I suppose. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it, was, it was a good night. We had a lot to celebrate. It was a really good day, actually. It was a bit surreal. Hey, I, I thought when Emma started to interview you, the, the, the first answer, the voice just started to waver a little bit, I reckon. Yeah, it did a bit. I... I I normally get that sort of emotional with a win, but sort of at home a bit. It's, it's been a really you know, hard race to win this and to finally you know, knock it off the CV. It, it was a bloody good result and it, it did bring a bit of emotion to me yesterday. And as you said, mate, you know, the, the Black Soil Bloodstock team, they've been great supporters, but great friends of yours as well. Yeah, Brian's like you know, one of my oldest friends. He's like a brother to me and we've been in this racing journey for, for some time and you know, we've amped things up a bit in the last, you know, six, seven years. And, you know, to get that result with him and, and all the ladies involved, it, it was it was just so special yesterday, you know, particularly with Brian, obviously, he's been such a big supporter and close friend since we were about 16, which was like a long time ago now. Oh, incredible, mate. I feel so happy for you and, and the whole team. Um, yeah, yeah, you said it was always going to impact your whole team. The stables just love your horses, eh? Mate, it was just it was just a really good thrill yesterday. She's such a good filly. She's done nothing wrong all prep and I think sometimes you go into these big races, we had a big space between runs. We started to second guess ourselves. I used to start to second guess myself probably a little bit and but I shouldn't have, you know, I had the right horse for the job and she never let me down yesterday. We got a great team, as as you guys know, they're stable that they do such a good job with these horses and turn them out like she was yesterday, so it was a bloody good effort. Yeah, well, Bruce McAvaney was the, the key with all the stats, mate. He said that uh, there'd be no horse win this classic uh, like Skirt the Law yesterday on a 47-day turnaround. First time. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been done. And I sort of knew that too. I'm a bit of a you know student in history of racing and I always try to... Well, a lot of the time I'll, I'll dig for gold where the gold's been before, but I sort of had to go on uncharted territory yesterday to really to trust my horse and, and just the job that I felt we'd done with her. And I, I was pretty confident that I'd done, I'd done the right thing. But until it actually happens and, and the result goes your way, I guess when it's never been done before, you do tend to guess a little bit and you hope you've done everything right. Mm. It's it's an often used thing that, you know, when a football team thinks they might create a dynasty. But this race was wide open and no one was totally sure about the quality of each of these horses. But a star might emerge as a winner. Do you think Skirt the Law is going to be one of those? 
Yeah, I actually do heels. Like she was she was bloody dominant yesterday. It's quite a funny like we had we were down there Saturday, obviously back home and back there again yesterday and the betting on the two different days was just so polar opposites. I don't think anyone really knew what was the right horse yesterday, but I think she emerged certainly as a right horse for the race and it, it was actually quite a dominant win in the end. Yeah. And you know, from history, two year olds that win that race dominantly and they go to the autumn in Sydney and they go really well. That's one thing history does tell me. So Hopefully we can follow that that trend, get to Sydney in the autumn and, and do a good job now heading towards the Golden Slipper. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was going to say that in the Sydney in the autumn, of course, includes the Golden Slipper. And that's that's the next big prize, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, she doesn't get long off either. It comes around bloody quick. So she'll get a short little break for about a week and then we'll start ticking her towards a, a lead-up run in Sydney, whether it's three weeks or, or two weeks out from the Slipper and and then try and get her into the slipper in as good a shape or better than what she was yesterday. And, I, and Paddy and Tony, that that is the sit the Sydney Carnival that was so wet last year. That, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it was. It's often. God, yeah, that it's feels often like wet yesterday. In the autumn. That feels like yesterday, and yet it's yeah. a year ago. Mm. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's often wet the autumn in Sydney, but you know it. Um, I know with this filly for sure, like she's not going to be bothered by wet ground. I know it was quite a good track yesterday, but I think soft seven. She won on at Doom and won easy, so. When you take a filly away with ability like hers, it can handle soft ground. You, you sort of go to Sydney very confident. Hey, I know you'll probably sit down and have a look at the books today at some stage, uh, but throw in Vinco winning the uh, the million dollar race. I reckon it's been a two million dollar plus day for the stable yesterday. Yeah, it's been a massive day. We won the ladies bonus too with the filly. She got an extra three hundred and thirty grand there for her connections as well on top of the. 1.1 or 2 that she won and then Vinko to get another you know, 585 or something and a few seconds on the day as well so it was F3 run second so it was a really big day for the stable yeah, certainly our biggest prize money day we've had since I've been training yeah, Now after the night you had and they took you away are you sure all your horses have, have, have been uh, taken home? <laughs> yeah mate they're all good I'm about half an hour from work now so I'm sure everything's good I've been talking to Cav and the team everything's spot on today Right, mate. We just wanted to call and congratulate you. Thanks for taking the call this morning. We're we're so wrapped for you, and uh, it, it, it's it's a box that you hadn't ticked, and you've ticked it now. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Tony Gold, Queensland's premier trainer. You know, been premier trainer for for nine seasons straight, uh, and hadn't ticked this. You know, either the Guineas or the Classic for the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, and uh, he he ticked one yesterday. As he said, we amped it up this year. <laughs> yeah. They've amped it up, all right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I was just wrapped for him. I, I really was. Hey, don't forget uh, heels. And, and you've been doing your research. TKD, as you call them now, Toolkit Depot uh, at Gimpy uh, is officially opening tomorrow. So if you're up that way, uh, up uh, Gimpy Way, the Wide Bay, uh, is officially opening tomorrow. So you can come down for one day deals and great prizes as well mm. at TKD. Gimpy. Well, Who said, do they Patty, sponsor? You were... The Adelaide Strikers. Yeah. So it might be a franchise-type setup. I'll be looking into that next because the Brisbane <laughs> Heat have got some space somewhere, surely. Well, there's not much space left on that polo <laughs> no, that you're wearing this morning. Uh, but we've got media polos and we've got training polos, Patty, <laughs> to TKD. Uh, yeah, no, if they love their crew, we'll get them along. Actually, Adam Dale, right? We, I don't know how we're going to do this yet. Adam Dale's just texted me mm. and said, would you like to give away four tickets to tonight's match? 
And, and Adam Dale is our new uh, sponsorship and relationships manager, Queensland mm-hmm. Cricket. So we're going to have that. So very shortly, Jack, our producer, will tell us how we're going to uh, execute that. So rather than consult with Jack during a commercial break as to how we're going to do it, you've just thrown that curveball live on air at 8.14. If Jack doesn't morning, want them, so. I'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> he's working feverishly uh, well, there. He's coming towards chatting to me now, but I would gather that these four heat tickets, uh, general admission to the Gabba tonight, and they're expecting a big crowd. Brighton Homes open line uh, is open. 13, 13, 55, as Vanessa is rushing in. See, Vanessa's taking the fam there tonight, mm. and now all of a sudden you're giving away four free tickets. Oh, she could have had them. Oh, come on. Yeah, good call. I guess Why I'm did not you a, say that, Patty? I'm not allowed to enter competitions, I suppose. So there you go, Hill. So, you know, as we close in on the end of the show for the week, at around about 8.15 this morning, you've upset the uh, the champion newsreader and our brand-new producer <laughs> all in the space of 30 seconds. But there is some great He's news, well. listeners, <laughs> that SENQ and SEN Gold Coast will be broadcasting the Heat and Hurricanes match, which once wasn't the case. Michael Kasovich and Jason Matthews in commentary from 6pm and the match starts at 7. He's trying okay. to get out of trouble here, isn't he? I'm digging, <laughs> digging, digging. Yeah. Going, I'm getting myself that hole. All right, well, Jack is running around like, oh, honestly. Uh, so the Brighton Homes open line, 13, 13, 55. Jump on the blower right now if you want four general admission tickets to the Heat v. the Cane Train tonight at the Gabba. What's it about a 7 o'clock start? 7 o'clock start, yeah. 7 o'clock start. All right, uh, here comes the chopper. Breakfast with Patton Hills on 693 SEMQ. Traffic and weather together. At Belmont, there's an accident affecting Belmont Road at Meadowlands Road. At Maruka, we've also got a crash causing some delays on Ipswich Road at Gainsborough Avenue. And there's a broken down car at Wakehole. That's on Priority Street, eastbound towards Ellen Grove. Just a reminder, take extra care because showers are making conditions a bit slippery out there. Today's forecast, a shower or two with a possible storm, a top of 26 degrees for Brisbane, a possible shower in 28 tomorrow. Right now, it's 22 degrees. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your time at the Heat tonight, and uh, even though your son's wait. a Kane supporter, yep. go the Heat. We go need the to heat. win. Yes. Yes. <laughs> let's go. All right. It's uh, eight seventeen. We'll be back. on SENQ. It's the greatest wicketkeeper to don the gloves for Queensland, Ian Healy. You're listening to Patton Hills on SENQ six ninety three AM. We've been giving away tickets to the big one for the Raw tomorrow night, or yeah. 6.45 it is, uh, down there at KO Stadium. They're playing the ladder-leading Melbourne City. We've got the Brisbane coach, Warren Moon, joining us, uh, who's about to make a big announcement. Uh, uh, Warren, good morning to you. Morning, uh, gents. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, you do have a press conference a little later on this morning, and uh, you've got an Austrian midfielder, <laughs> Marcel Canardi. Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. I'm, 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 uh, like you said, there's a press conference this morning, so uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll chat all things Melbourne City, but, uh, yeah, there'll be an announcement about the player signing. So just tell me one. I'm intrigued by this. How do you find an Austrian midfielder coming to you via a Croatian club? <laughs> do you have spies all over the world? <laughs> Look, I think uh, that's probably it. We've got uh, networks and scouting um people that uh, look into different markets and we were, we were looking for a certain profile of player so um, 
it narrows your search uh, engine down, I suppose. And we've obviously got software programs that can actually uh, get us good information and, and footage from players all around the world also. Yeah, okay. And were you always planning on uh, Rico, Rico leaving? Uh, look, uh, I think that one's still being discussed. Uh, you know, I don't think that's finalised okay. yet. But with, with everything, it's um, it's uh, football moves quickly and uh, it's um, an opportunity for a few boys in this window to maybe go taste European experience. And obviously, I think I've said before, you know, obviously, um, this league, you know, what it's about, it gives opportunities to people. So if they can springboard that and go into Europe, um, we as a club probably don't want to stand in their way either. But... Uh, yeah, it's, um, there's a bit of a lot of movement. Like I said, uh, we'll probably uh, make an announcement today and, you know, hopefully next week uh, might be some more announcements. Yes, well, so is that replacing uh, Charlie Austin? Uh, no, the player coming into midfielder, so he's more an attacking midfielder. So um, it's probably an area that we needed to strengthen anyway. So uh, we're delighted to have Marcelo, so that'll be uh, a good addition for the squad. And and what about the ease? Um, is is Brisbane an attractive um, oppos- uh, you know uh, option for players? Do you feel, do, or do you ta- is it difficult to sign players? I think it, Hills. I think it's both. I think uh, you know, as, depending on what market you're looking in and where they're coming from, yep. it might not always be the easiest to sell the A League. But then when you sell Queensland and Brisbane, it's a pretty easy sell. So once people get here and, and see and obviously live here. Um, it's a pretty livable city, so uh, uh, from that perspective, it's not hard to sell that. Now, it's been going along pretty well, and we've mm. just had a little submerged log the last couple of weeks, haven't we? And then they throw the, lad- <laughs> then they throw the ladder leaders at you. Yeah, that's right. What, what uh, better time to face uh, probably the best <laughs> team in the land after two losses and a short turnaround. So, uh, no, no, look, it's uh, look, eight or nine games undefeated, and then we had... Um, uh, a couple of losses on the on a road trip to to Melbourne and, and sorry to Perth, and then just a short turnaround coming back, which made it difficult for us uh, just with the squad uh, numbers we had available and some injuries. So, uh, but no excuses. We've got a really good test tomorrow night against Melbourne City, um, and I think uh, what we've learned a lot from that night when we played them in round two. So, uh, we'll be keen to test our wares against, uh, I guess, probably the the benchmark team in the comp. Yeah, Warren, you're only one point out of the six. Um, there's a lot to like about what you've done this year. Yeah, look, I don't think... I, look, we didn't get too carried away when we were sat in third and fourth a few weeks back, and we haven't got uh, too despondent about where we are now. We're very calm, and we know that uh, we're right in the mix. We're fighting for everything at the moment. So uh, we just need to make sure that we just uh, keep doing what we're doing, keep working hard. Go on the run of games. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We've we, we just we've got to go on the run of games at some stage, whether it's two or three wins back to back, just to um, keep accumulating and picking up the points. And I think we'll be there or thereabouts to make the six in the finals this year. And I mean that's crucial, isn't it? As you said, I mean you turn those couple of the, those run of draws that you had into just two or three wins in a row, and suddenly you you're right up there near the top of the table. Yeah, it's really close. I mean, like I said, apart from Melbourne City, who've probably just got a gap on the rest of the comp. There's not too much uh, between the rest of the teams. So <clears throat> on our day, we're a match for anyone. And it really is fine margins. You know, we, when you look at the, the Perth game, we weren't too bad there, but a couple of decisions, uh, a, a deflected goal and an unlucky send-off, and we come away with nothing. But, but the margins have been close for us in the last few weeks. And if we can just get the margins going our way, 
uh, picking up some points, I think it, it helps massively. Oh, brilliant, mate. Are there any names you'd like to expose to our listeners? You know, I like to, you know, talk talk a few of your boys up. Look, I think uh, in the last few weeks, um, as a collective, we've done really well. But I think, you know, we've seen the emergence of Carlo Armiente. He's played very well, mm. um, which is really pleasing to see. And I think Kai Truen. Kai Truen's been magnificent for us all season. He's a young player that's come through our academy all the way into our first team. And yeah. He's definitely one that's he's stood up this year. I think he's someone, and I think I said this before, but we probably don't talk enough about him because um, he's one of those players that does all the work that people maybe don't know this on the field, but he's been magnificent for us. Good stuff. Well, mate, we, we wish you the best of luck. There's been plenty of interest when we've had the tickets on uh, online on the show this week. Uh, it's against Melbourne City. It's at KO Stadium. It's tomorrow night at 645 and it's an important one for the Raw, so get along and support them. That's the coach, Warren Moon, who will be hosting a press conference in the next couple of hours uh, to announce uh, a new signing for the club. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Warren. Thanks, boys. Cheers. See ya. Really appreciate it. Hope they go well. Now, uh, just mm. before we go to the news, Hills, you, you wanted to delve back into Clint Newton, uh, talking about this, uh, the CBA. The, well, it's, it's, it's open warfare pretty much at the moment with the NRL. Um Wanting to work more, wanting more for, for working more. So let's listen to Clint Newton, the boss of the RLPA. It's really about players want agreement that if you're going to extend their work obligations and their hours of work, e.g. if you're going to increase the number of matches or the weeks in which they are having to work, then that needs to be agreed. If you're going to increase the fines and sanctions on players, that needs to be agreed. Yeah, it's a new world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That uh, I would have thought uh, the NRL can explain that quite nicely. We've we've increased you by twenty five percent, so it's the agreement and it's the control over these decisions that the employee wants now, mm. and it, it is the new world. I wonder how that does stack up in workplace law. Yeah, you were giving me a run through as we were driving into work the other day about the cricket and how they handle injuries, injured players, and all that sort of thing. You don't think it should be that hard for the, the RLPA and the NRL to work this out? No. Get get three or four of the best uh, organisations in the world and, and, and their policies and have a look at it. Which one of these do we like? Or do we want bits of bits of all those for and make ours even better than the others? Mm. You, you know, and that's a that's a half day meeting. And it should be it should be able to be decided upon. I don't like I don't like in the, uh, that a player has to have all his operations in one year after retiring mm. in a rugby league career. Come on, there's going to be complications for let's say I'd say I'd give them five years with that policy, but for some reason they squeezed it into one. I'm not agreeing to that. that that's for sure. So that's one that I think the players can win. Okay, yeah, it's. It's intensely interesting, and I think it's going to get even more intense. Yeah, both both sides are quite reasonable, as men and and negotiators. But so why can't it get done? Some who's hiding what? Mm. Okay, it's just gone eight thirty. We'd love to hear from you this morning. We've still got a half an hour of the show uh, to go, and of course you can get home through on that Brighton Homes open line thirteen thirteen fifty five. I think that's the one you can also use for the heat tickets, unless they've already gone. Jack's uh, leaving. I think Jack's actually <laughs> leaving the building. To tell you the truth. <laughs> He's going home <laughs> a half an hour earlier. Let's get to the news with Vanessa.